Mozart International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, and tonight I'm speaking on Skype with artist Sarah Hobbs. Sarah earned degrees in art history and photography at the University of Georgia in Athens and now lives and works in Atlanta. Her stage photographs of domestic spaces represent a range of psychological states. There's an immersive theater quality in the installations she creates for her photographs. Her work has been featured in solo and group exhibitions across the U.S. And last year, Charta Books Milan published her first monograph, Small Problems in Living. The typical experience of Sarah's concepts is through her photographs. But at the moment, she's preparing for Overpacked, a sculptural installation project that she'll be presenting in three rooms at the W Hotel Midtown in Atlanta for four days this December. And tonight, Sarah is practicing her installations at the W. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Kathy. Sarah, when did you first become interested in staging your photographs? When I was in graduate school, I was very interested in interior spaces and the idea that interior spaces can carry psychological weight. And so I photographed interiors as I would find them, and I sort of thought that ran out of steam pretty quickly. So I thought, well, what if I added things in and I created a space and that really is how it started. Uh, I was moving from one house to another and had to, you know, how you always are supposed to paint your room back white. If you ha- live in a rental space, I started drawing on the walls and I thought, well, what if I you know, use the space itself to, to create an idea? And so then that's how it started. I began dealing with concepts and figuring out what materials might uh, illustrate those concepts and how I might arrange them in a space to create a feeling of a psychological space. And I think you create that space for the viewer by the scale in which you print your photographs because the experience of your photographs in a gallery is an immersive experience. It is. They are four by five feet. And I am very much interested in the viewer being implicated as the person in the image. A lot of the images have a chair or something that implies a person. And the viewer is asked to put themselves in the space. I love the photograph that you did with the eggs called uh, Untitled Sensitivity. If you visit Sarah's site, you'll see this photograph is a room where the floor is covered with eggs. Well, that was interesting because I went early one morning down to the Georgia Farmer's Market and picked up 300 dozen eggs. And I rarely work with an assistant, but on this occasion, I needed to have someone help me um, because it took quite a while to get those out. And as you can imagine, you have to be very careful with the eggs and I was hoping to not break many of them. So it was a very slow process and we worked with them very gingerly and it took probably three or four hours to get them all out onto the floor. And 
then I photographed it pretty quickly because when I photograph it, I take the film, and I actually still am using film, I take the film to the lab as quickly as I can to get it processed because I, I can't, I don't want to break down the installation until I know that I have a good piece of film. So this one I had to do really quickly because I didn't want the eggs to go bad while I was waiting and I couldn't shoot it the next day. So it was pretty hairy, but I was very happy with the, with the installation. In this photograph, the viewer that's implied is a, a chair. There are two ways that the viewer could be implied. They can be uh, the, the chairs in the center of the eggs. So that implies that there is really no way to get to the implied person without obviously breaking some eggs, um, which represent you know, emotions and feelings. And so it, the viewer can either be the person sitting in the chair or the person who would like to communicate with the person in the chair. So no matter which one you decide you are, you feel isolated from the other person because there's this you know, sea of breakable objects or breakable feelings that are between the two people. I'm curious why you're so fascinated by our mental health and our obsessive behaviors. I think it's a, it's a great leveler. You know, um, we all have one issue or another. You know, there's, I, there's no one who doesn't have some issue, uh, not on a clinical level, but just an everyday level. That something that makes living your life day to day just a little bit more difficult or makes it more difficult for people to live with you or your outlook on the world is more difficult at, because it's seen through some neurosis or other. And you know, I think it's just a fascinating aspect of human nature. So what neurosis have you explored in your photographs? I have explored um, indecisiveness, not being able to make a decision, and paranoia, the feeling that you are always watched or people are always talking about you, not feeling comfortable because eyes are on you all the time. There are neuroses and then there are um, sort of foibles, like nosiness, which is not exactly a neurosis, but it grows out of a neurosis. You know, the, that feeling of really needing to know what's going on, even though it may not be your business, is maybe a way to try to connect with people. It could be, you know, actually a, a feeling of loneliness and a way to get out of that. And sublimation is um, putting something in your life to replace something or to compensate for the idea for something that's missing in your life that you would that you cannot obtain or you had and lost. So you put something else in your life, and that can be something that becomes an obsession. You represented. Our sublimation with a bonsai? Yes. Bonsai trees are very finicky and they take a lot of care. It's almost on a constant basis that you have to care for these things and, and you have to get really close to them and 
look at them with great detail and use the tools in a certain way and you have to water them a certain way and put them in a certain light. So it's very time consuming. And I used about 30 of them to exacerbate the idea of using up a lot of one's time to compensate for something else that's missing. How did you select the themes for the three rooms you're staging at the hotel right now? You know, we, whenever we go on a trip, we don't leave our neuroses at home. So I was trying to think of ones that would be exacerbated by being away. What would being away make worse? So germaphobe worked and alarmist seemed to work really well. And the other one is homesick. And well, that's perfect. You have been working on this concept for two years, I understand. And you have left the domestic space for a hotel room. And I wonder how the change in setting, even though you're saying that it's perfect for these three ideas, how did that change in setting affect your creative process? Well, it is it is quite different because what I'm working with now is 360 degrees. In the photographs, I choose one space that's part of a room. It's a corner or a wall. And I set up, I use one piece of material repeated over and over and over. I use, I choose one object, wadded up paper or wine corks. And then I just use as many of them as I can cram into a space. And that's the whole of the experience here, the whole of the experience is walking into it and seeing how this person deals with a space that's not their own as they try to make it their own. So it's been quite different because I have had to use more than one type of material for germaphobe. I've got white gloves. I've got plastic covering things. I've got this mask that you put over your face. And so there are so many different types of objects that I have to think about it in a bigger picture sense to make all of these different elements come together as one, the way that they did in the photographs. What will be the media for the room having to do with emergency preparedness? For that, I have a weather radio and I have caution tape, which I probably will put uh, at the base of the window. One wall of the room is a window. It's entirely a window. So I want to block that off as if the person wants to be sure to not go near the window. I have CPR resuscitator mask. I've got a travel carbon monoxide detector, travel fire detector. I have light sticks, the kind, the emergency sticks that you break open and they light up. I'm going to use those somehow, I think, to make a path to from the bed to the door. I have emergency blankets, emergency ponchos. I have electrical tape and duct tape and emergency kits, survival kits. And all of this, as much as I can find, that's yellow. So the germaphobe's palette is white, 
the person prepared for an emergency is yellow. What is the palette of the person who might be homesick? Homesick is blues and greens. The window I'm covering with a giant photograph of a backyard. You had spoken to me earlier about genderizing the homesick room. Yes. Well, I was thinking about the fact that the person who's homesick is going to want to bring personal items from home to make this hotel room feel more like home. And when you think about that, bringing personal items, it's hard to not have that genderized. Someone's going to bring maybe a scarf to put over a lamp, then that's more than likely going to be a woman. And so I, I needed to kind of make a decision about that one. So I decided that it would be a male. And I did that because I wanted it to be a little more unexpected. So I'm trying to recreate their home in this space. Have you figured out how you're going to do that? Well, I will do installation shots, but I'm going to be making photographs of them that will be large. When I do that, I'm going to have to rearrange to compact everything into a smaller area to create one photograph that conveys the idea of each room. Your work is influenced by Gaston Bachelard's Poetics of Space. What poetics are you hoping to evoke with Overpacked, Sarah? It's not exactly a, a beautiful poem. It's not beautiful poetics, just the poetics of our, the difficulties of being away from home and what that means to us, given our particular difficulties with life. Which of these three rooms is the most autobiographical? Let's see. Um, I love to travel, so it can't be homesick. And I'm not really really a germaphobe. So I, I would have to say it was, it must be alarmist, um, because I do, I do worry about things happening and I do try to prevent things from happening. So this room represents the philosophy of prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, I think so. Um, or maybe this person prepares so much for the worst, they forget to hope for the best. Government officials as a result of the outbreak, your city or entire region may be endangered by a lethal agent. Listen to your battery-powered radio for instructions and information concerning areas marked radiation hazard or hazmat. Following steps will ensure that your home will serve as a biological or chemical safe haven. As with biological or chemical fallout, having a disaster kit ready will increase your family's chances of survival. You've been listening to Fresh Talk with Sarah Hobbs. Read more about Sarah and hear other podcasts in this series on freshartinternational.com. <laughs>